Welcome to the Moms for Wellness podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV. This is a podcast for moms who are passionate about being healthy and leading their kids to do the same. Welcome back, moms. I'm so glad you are here. And I have a question for you today. Is your child anxious? Or maybe do you know someone whose child suffers from anxiety? And my guess is the answer is probably a resounding yes, because the thing is, it is very common nowadays to just have anxious children, to know people who um, are anxious. And um, I think one, it, it is getting a lot of attention, but also I feel like life is very different now than it was um, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so there's a lot more things um, that are happening in a faster pace and things attracting our kids' attention. Um, a lot of different things to cause anxiety where there were definitely things to cause anxiety before, but I don't think it was as pronounced as fast paced. Um, and there are also a lot more diagnoses these days of various things, a lot of different things of which anxiety is a main component. So I think it's safe to assume that you probably have a child that um, has anxiety at some point or another, has dealt with that, or you're aware of someone whose um, child has. So what I want to do is share with you different ideas, different ways that you can help your child through their anxiety. And there's, it has a wide spectrum of the things that I'm going to share with you um, from physical things to do, from things talking with them. So a lot of different things, but I'm going to give you strategies and tools today. So this is going to be part one in a two-part series. Um, so we'll have part one and part two of different tips and tricks to be able to help your child through anxiety. And I got a lot of ideas from two different sources as well as just my own experiences. Um, so one of the places um, was an article by Annika Nayak and Jacqueline Lopez Whitney um, in their article in Business Insider India. And then also by the author Aaron Leba um, from Psychology Today um, and also uh, just different things of my own experiences as well. So drawing on a lot of different things to uh, put these lists together for you. So here's part one. Number one is know the symptoms. Okay, so it's very common for anxiety to manifest itself through physical conditions, right? And so your child will probably be more likely to tell you about those things outright than the, to say that they are anxious. So, um, and they might not even be able to necessarily identify it or even put it into words. So those physical ailments, they'll be able to tell you like my stomach hurts. So some of those symptoms that they could be having that their anxiety is manifesting itself through would be headache, nausea, shortness of breath, shakiness, stomach pains, like I just mentioned, changes in appetite or weight. So long-term anxiety there we're talking about. Less willingness to try new things. So again, that's long-term anxiety. 
outbursts of anger, increased crying, avoidance of things that they used to previously enjoy, and decreased ability to bounce back from new unexpected changes in their lives. So one of the the key things is just know the symptoms. What does it look like in your child? How does anxiety often manifest itself? Because they often have a pattern. So you can kind of know that, that sometimes those are things that are really being caused by anxiety. Um, So that's number one, just know what the symptoms are and be aware of that and be looking for that. All right, number two, is to help your child identify the trigger. Because there's a lot of power in being able to walk your child through this process and have them see what is happening and to be able to identify it for themselves. And then that gives them the power to be able to be in the driver's seat and to have that awareness and then take on that control themselves. Um, So this might be difficult, especially depending on the age of the child. Um, So, but this is still nevertheless a very good thing to start doing with them, even at a young age. Um, So open up a discussion with them and see if they can come out through the conversation of what, if they can see what the trigger was. And if if it's difficult to pinpoint in that conversation, and then just walk through your child's day together and just see if you can find it with them through that conversation. Some of the common anxiety triggers, I don't think it's going to be any surprise to all of you smart moms out there, um, but some of those anxiety triggers are academic pressures. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's at the start of the school year. Um, you may be listening at any time. It doesn't really matter because you could be in summer school, so academic pressures are there a lot of the year. Uh, major changes in life, like moving or a death in the family, obviously those can bring on major anxiety, um, abuse or neglect, and conflict at home. And I will also even say perceived conflict at home. Sometimes there aren't really things or it doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but your child could pick up on the tension and think it's a bigger deal than it really is. And so just having that awareness of what some of those triggers are for them and then identify that and then you can work through from there what to do. So that's a really key thing. And then the the more that they are able to process through and think through that and identify their triggers, then this is a skill that they will be able to have and continually use because newsflash, kids aren't the only ones that get anxious, right? Like um, us moms get anxious too. You dads out there too. Like everybody has anxiety. Everybody gets anxious. And so this is a great thing that even if you aren't using this skill for you to walk through and think like, what does set me off? What does get me anxious? And then that awareness piece is really, really key. All right. So that's number two is learn the trigger, know the trigger. Number three is validate their fears or worries. And this is a really important step. And I think um, it is something that can get just passed over by very well-meaning parents, or um, we can say things that aren't necessarily in the child's best interest to help them through this process. Um, so you'll, you'll see what I mean, because validating their fears is helping them realize that This is something that is real to them. This is something that is causing a reaction in them. And you understand, you're letting them know that you understand that this is a big deal to them. So, so for example, don't say things like, don't worry. Instead say, 
there's, or, or, or don't, don't say, don't worry. And don't say there's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. So those are things that aren't going to be helpful for them. Instead um, of saying, just stop thinking about it. Try this, try, it takes courage to face your fears. So try saying that next time that your child has some anxiety. It takes courage to face your fears. Instead of saying, oh, give me a smile. Come on, buck up. You know, instead try, I also feel sad when saying goodbye or when fill in the blank. So instead of saying, I'm sorry you feel this way, uh, instead say or try this one, how can I help or support you through this? Okay. And I think that last one was especially interesting because um, I'm sorry you feel this way. Like I would say that out of a genuine like sadness that I am sorry you feel this way, but that could be perceived in a wrong way by them. So instead, just how can I help and support you through this? Let's move forward through this. And just remember too, by saying that we are validating their feelings does not mean that you are agreeing with them in how they handle their situation. So for example, like if they're lashing out in their anger, they're saying mean words, they're throwing a temper tantrum, you are not condoning that behavior, that activity. You are simply letting them know that they are being heard, that you understand their feelings, and then you're going to meet them in that place and then go forward with them from there. So um, just that act of validating their fears, validating their worries, um, because the reality is, like I said in the last one, it's kind of a theme here, like we have anxiety too. It's not like it just stops as a child. So the more that they can understand that this is normal, a lot of people, everyone feels anxious and has worries and fears. And so let's figure out how to process through this and move forward. So that's number three, validate their fears and worries. All right. Number four is stimulate the vagus nerve. So this is really good, really practical one. So stimulating your child's vagus nerve. So that's located on both sides of the voice box. Okay. So that can interrupt that fight or flight mode and send a signal to your child's brain that he or she is not under attack. So it's a physical sending a message to your brain, letting them know, hey, you're not under attack because that's that fear, that fight or flight, it just your body goes into that mode. And so you want to do a physical thing to bring it back. So then a natural question is, what are ways to stimulate the vagus nerve? Well, here are some. You can chew gum, okay? So have a pack of gum handy, you know, when they're getting anxious, um, give them some gum to chew. Sing or hum, so that will activate that nerve. Breathe slowly, so with roughly equal amounts of time breathing in and out, okay? So that will help to stimulate the nerve as well. Eat a piece of dark chocolate. This is my favorite one. <laughs> like, So, you know, I don't need an excuse of being anxious to be able to have dark chocolate. I know for kids, like probably dark chocolate is not going to be their favorite. But for me, that lights me up. That makes me happy. So all I needed was an excuse to uh, eat dark chocolate. Um, and it's also a parasympathetic regulator as well. So that's a great thing to do. And then, um, so if you needed an excuse, moms, to have some dark chocolate in your purse at all times, in case of emergency, here's your excuse. Here's your reason. It's for your kid. And um, the last one for a way to stimulate the vagus nerve is to gargle with regular water. So 
That's um, a tip that if you didn't know this one, so stimulating the vagus nerve helped to send a signal to the brain to help calm your child down or you down, okay? And I just gave you total permission to have your dark chocolate. All right, so that was number four. Number five is offer a positive distraction. So just like when your children were little, 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 maybe you yours are little, 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 but they were little and they were misbehaving and you redirect them to another activity, right? Especially in the toddler stages and they're starting their tantrum, you just redirect them to another activity. So that is a very common parenting move that I'm sure a lot of you have employed. If you haven't, definitely start doing that. It's great. But we can do the same thing, the same method method here for anxiety and only we're distracting them away from anxiety. So it just helps to redirect and get their mind off of that thing that is worrying them. So do whatever your child would be interested in or whatever is available, depending on where you are and the anxiety is taking place, you know, be creative. But some ideas are like reading a favorite book or baking a favorite dessert or painting or playing a sport or dancing to a favorite song or putting together a puzzle or you get the idea, just do another activity and redirect them. But the thing is though, this is a nice distraction, but it is not a permanent solution for the anxiety. Okay. So try saying something like, let's put these feelings to the side for right now and then and go do something fun until you feel ready to tackle them. So you don't want to be totally evading it and going away from it, but just sometimes they just need a redirection to be able to come back to it and and talk through it later. So uh, redirection is a really great method to use um, when your child is feeling anxious. All right, so then number six, tackle the negative thoughts. Ooh, this is so key. This is a big, big one. And the truth is we adults need to work on this too. So be listening along for yourself in this too. We can use these same things for ourselves as well. And in fact, I actually did a whole podcast episode on this. So you can check that out. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, um, but I did it on self-talk. And so um, you can definitely get a lot of info and a lot of ideas of what it looks like. But basically, what it is, is it's learning to listen to the thoughts that you have and the things that you are saying to yourself. So if you've ever done this, you know. <laughs> and if you haven't yet, then you might be in for a shock when you actually do this, okay? But it's so important to be able to help your child stop and pay attention to the way that they are talking to themselves. And then they can change that talk. So the first thing is that you have to be aware of it. You have to know that you are doing it. So they want to catch it, challenge it, and change it, okay? So by catch it, we mean they have to notice when they have these thoughts, when they have this self-talk. Pay attention because the first time that I did this, when I really realized what I was saying to myself, I was shocked. I didn't realize I was so mean to myself in the thoughts that I had and, and the words that I said to myself. So if we can teach our children when they're younger to be aware of this and to do this, it's going to make a world of difference for them. So number, the first part is catch it. Notice, they want to notice when they have these thoughts and the self-talk, self okay? Then the second part is challenge it. So for example, if they say, I'm stupid, 
Well, challenge it. Is that really true? Have I ever done things that are smart? So this will teach them to not just accept every negative thought that comes into their head. It's actually not true. And then after they've challenged it, then the third part is to change it. So now it's time to replace, come up with a phrase to fill that spot. So you can ask them, what would you say to a friend who thought that they were stupid? Then they can use that for themselves. And also, if you are faith-based, you can stop um, and say, well, what does scripture say? What does Who does God say that I am? And use that to identify who they are and what they are capable of. Okay? So that is number six, tackle those negative thoughts. All right? Okay, moving on to number seven. Seven is breathing exercises are a great way to calm anxiety. Okay, so there's a lot of different breathing exercises that you can do. Um, I'll just share a couple of them with you. But one of them is to inhale for four counts, hold for four counts, and then exhale for eight counts. Okay, so it's inhale for four counts, hold for four counts, and then exhale for eight counts. All right. So that's a really great calming thing to do. Another one is called balloon breathing. So pretending to inflate and deflate an imaginary balloon. So pretending that you're blowing up a balloon and blowing <clears throat> into that balloon slowly and steadily and then having the flu the balloon deflate. Another one is um, act like what well, either act like you're blowing bubbles or actually blow bubbles. Um, that's a really great thing because you have to go very slowly and calmly so that the bubble doesn't break. Another one is blow into a pinwheel. So you need to do it at a certain way to be able to get the pinwheel moving. Um, another one is have a whistling contest. Um, that could be very interesting, especially, especially if they're little and they can't really whistle very well. Um, and then the, the last idea for breathing is breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Okay. So those are a lot of different ways. Those are things you can do that in the car. You can do that standing in line in the store. Like you can do that anywhere. So that's a really great technique to use when your child is anxious. Okay. Then number eight, um, is mindful journaling. So this is obviously for older children. Um, you have to be able to write and be able to process and think through things. Um, but this is a really great thing to be able to do. Just write out your thoughts. It's powerful to be able to get thoughts out of your head and kind of really process through what the anxiety is. Um, and find out how they best communicate, what calms them, because um, writing in a journal back and forth can be a really great way of communicating and a really great way of lowering that anxiety. Um, so that's a really great idea if you have a child that communicates well through written um, written words, then having a journal and then you communicate back and forth and have conversations that way. That might be more powerful than actually speaking face-to-face -face about their anxieties and really about life, about whatever um, other things that might be going on. So that's number eight is mindful journaling. And then number nine, our last one is 
movement. Okay. So I talk about this all the time when it comes to relieving stress and increasing creativity and growing productivity and get your body moving and, you know, just all of that. So it's just so important. Like move your body every day. It's so, so important for so many things, not just for our physical health, which obviously it is. Our bodies need to move, but also for our mental and emotional and social health too. So movement, we were designed to move. And so it's just so important, such a key component of our overall health and wellness. And this is interesting. Check this out. A large 2020 study found that children who engaged in moderate to vigorous exercise, like biking, playing sports, walking to school for at least an hour a day reported lower anxiety. So it's so, so good. It's such a great way to be able to lower that anxiety, reduce the stress. So this movement can come in any form, obviously be creative. Some things are try taking a walk outside, no headphones, no phone. Um, that'll help boost the creativity, the thought process as well. And just reducing that anxiety play a sport, go for a swim, take a bike ride, dance to your favorite soundtrack, do something formal, like um, even like art therapy or music therapy that can um, incorporate movement into it. So a lot of different ways to think about moving your body, but you might be surprised if you stop and think about like how much did my child get movement, especially if they're sitting all day in school, they didn't get a lot of chances to move around. I mean, school is usually very good about getting them moving, um, but there's just definitely something to be aware of and, and definitely get movement into their routine, into their body. So that is number nine. Um, and so those are nine ways, nine practical ways, hands-on things that you can do with your child, for your child to help reduce their anxiety uh, when you see that they are getting anxious, when you see that they are getting nervous and to process through with them. So that's what I have for you today. And then that is part one and I'll be coming back with part two. So stay tuned for that one. Um, but that's what I have for you and I hope it is helpful. Thanks for listening to the Moms for Wellness podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining me on the Moms for Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Moms for Wellness podcast and leave a five-star rating or review. It really is helpful and we would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.